I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Don't You Know Who I Am. Thank you to everyone who uh, watched the live stream. That was a lot of fun. Sorry if you watched it live and there was a bit of a delay. We've rectify the problem it was my microphone was too close to my earpiece so next week i'll be wearing a shirt for those who didn't watch i wore a sh- i wore a t-shirt that's all so the neck was a bit high hey uh, also massive thanks to everyone who's been uh jumping on to patreon and uh subscribing so uh thanks for that you'll get uh a whole bunch of new stuff coming out in the next week or two a whole bunch of uh bonus apps which will be fun if you are not a patreon subscriber and you're in a position where you could be one and you would like to be one head over to patreon.com slash d-y-k-w-i-a now so uh the only gig i have to promote is these live streams i have one more live stream or do i yes one more and then maybe maybe there'll be uh two more but at this stage it's just one more uh so this uh, week coming up, Saturday, 4.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time, uh, we're doing a live stream of this podcast. You can only get it on, on this platform. I'm not going to put it out as the weekly episode. It's only here. It's up for 24 hours and then it disappears forever. So if you can't watch it at 4.30 or if you're in America and you don't, I'm not getting up at 6.30 in the morning to watch this, you can watch it for at least 24 hours after the initial date and then and then it goes away. This week, the uh, three members of Do Go On podcast, so that's Jess Perkins, Matt Stewart, and Dave Warnicky, are on as guests, as is the People's Champion, Geraldine Hickey. So, tickets 10 bucks at joshearl.com.au. Make sure you get one if you want to watch it. And last week, it was fun. So, there were a bunch of a group of listeners who did a Zoom meetup beforehand, had some drinks, and then they logged in and watched the show. Please do that. Invite me to your Zooms beforehand and I'll see if I've got time to um, jump in and say hi and tell you what what kind of stuff is going to be happening. Uh, I think that's all I need to say. Thank you to everyone who's been uh, leaving iTunes reviews. That's a big help. And I'm going to leave you with this episode. Very funny. Episode 201. That's right. Breaking off another hundred. And welcome to Don't You Know Who I Am, the podcast that asks who knows whom, who knows it, because who knows why. My name is Joshua, and this week I found out I share my name with a fourth-year medical student at the University of Tennessee working in the Department of Urology. Is that what it is? I think it is. <laughs> I, I just he, he fixes the piss and I take the piss. So that's, that's the connection right. there, yes. <laughs> hey, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, what I do, I get four very funny people and I quiz them all about their lives. So let's meet them now. Our first guest is a man who shares his name with a graduate of Duke University who, according to Facebook, lives a life of just beach holidays and baseball games. It's the only things he posts. Can you please welcome us Justin Hamilton? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. He, he sounds like the anti-me. 
I'm I'm very anti-beach. You know, I'm <laughs> me I'm, too. I like even you just saying that, I've got third degree birds. Yeah. I just <laughs> hate the sand. If, yeah, if, I hate sand. Could, if they could be concreted, yeah. oh, perfect. Yeah, my I, favorite beach is trampoline ground. Yeah. I know it's not physically possible, <laughs> but I do. <laughs> yeah, it gives, a, gives you a little bounce to your step and you feel really yeah. good about yourself. <laughs> also joining us is a woman who I have just discovered has been locked out of her Skype account and cannot get back in. Can you please welcome back to the podcast? It's Kirsty Weebeck. Yeah. Yay. What happened, Kirsty? Why have you been locked out? Oh, I spent like two hours on it this morning. Just like my password had expired and then they let me reset it through a series of like 500 questions in an obstacle course. And then <laughs> people wouldn't let me in. So I set up a whole other thing and then they were like, no, you can't use this one either. So I was like, Josh, yeah. it's over to you, mate. You've got to <laughs> That's, I've had the same experience with Skype. I have about eight different Skype accounts for this reason. <laughs> I don't know why, yeah, well, Skyped. hold that thought, that, that mystery <laughs> guest, because our next guest either shares her name with two other people who have Skype accounts or, more likely, she's forgotten her own Skype accounts and opened new ones. Can you please welcome back? It's Gillian Cosgriff. <laughs> oh, it's me. It's you, Gillian. Oh, yeah, I do have a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I have the one from when I was 14, which was like, Jilly Meg, which no one has ever called me. Yes. Is that, is that just Never. the nickname you gave yourself? I did, yeah. Right. There, there was one that was Jilly Bean. Is that you as well? That's my first email is yeah. Jilly Bean underscore the underscore first. Yeah. Many underscores <laughs> suggesting I was perhaps not the first. <laughs> and finally, our next guest also has a lot of Skype accounts in their name, but she also shares her name with a Florida woman who recently raided Cathedral Rock Four stars on Facebook. Can you please welcome us, Jude Pearl? Yeah. Yay. And that definitely wasn't wasn't me that rated that. No. Um, no, I've never, I've not had the pleasure of, of going there. This so. is a woman, I think, from Jacksonville, Florida, who um, <laughs> is self-employed and is the only thing that you can look at on her Facebook page is that she rated Cathedral Rock, which is a national park. <laughs> Four stars. That's it. Maybe that's what, that's the only reason she started her site. I love yeah. this place so much. I'm going to start it, do my job, yeah. out. I that's also it. love people who rate nature. It's like, fuck, like, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it depending on the weather and stuff as well? Like, I thought you were saying raided. Oh, no. Like, what did she get? <laughs> Pine cones. Yeah. <laughs> All right, our first game today is called Social Me, Me, Media. In this round, I'll read out status updates by the four of you and you have to buzz in and tell me who you think tweeted it. Your names are your buzzers. If you guess correctly, you get a point. If you're incorrect, the person actually wrote the tweet, they get the point. I mean, you can't buzz in for your own. Poker faces on. Here we go. Question one. People are like cats. The less attention you give them, the more they come over and shit in your bathroom. <laughs> Hamo? Yes, Hamo. Is that is that Kirsty? No, that was you, Hamo. That was a point <laughs> to no one. Yes. This was going back to 2012. Oh, it turns out um, at 47 you don't quite remember too far back. <laughs> <laughs> Hamo, I feel so victimised as well. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my god! I'm, start, I'm starting to wonder if I'm having a Fight Club thing where I'm projecting <laughs> my other half. But you're my Brad Pitt, Kirsty. <laughs> All right. 
Question two. Sandwiches. They are the answer to everything. Jill. I heard Kirsty first. Jude Pearl. You are correct. Yes, a point there for <laughs> Kirsty. Yes. I very much agree with this, Jude. Yeah, well, I feel like my tweets aren't so much funny as they are just like hard hitting truths. Yeah. Right. Like that. So. Is there a particular uh, sandwich? Uh, I mean, just may- mayo and um, pickles and then anything else with that. I mean, maybe not anything, but that's like, I feel like if you have mayo and pickles for me, that's. <laughs> We're doing, we're doing well, yeah, yeah. I tend to find I put I put um, jalapenos on every single sandwich I have. Doesn't matter what it is, jalapenos Whoa. is going on that. Yeah, right. Mad dog. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's a bit too wild for me. I just I just stick with my mayo and pickles. I'm a simple gal. Oh, I just I just want to feel something. I just want to feel something. <laughs> <laughs> Question three: If I were homeschooling kids right now, the curriculum would be restricted to making ye oldie letters by soaking the paper in tea and burning the edges. Uh, Jude. Yes, Jude. Kirsty. You are correct. Yes, a point there for Jude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love doing They're this just... as a yeah. kid. This was the best thing. Making a treasure map and doing this. Oh, sweet. so great. So great. <laughs> and you learn so much by doing that. Yeah. You just learn so much about maps and how they used to <laughs> dip maps in tea and it's, it's great. Did, you, did your map go anywhere interesting or was it a, a generalisation? Mine was just a map to a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Find the mayo on the way and the pickles. <laughs> I, I sometimes work or I used to work until it closed down at the State Library and I would teach calligraphy writing to kids and teach what? medieval manuscripts. And we would do a bit of this, although we had the maps already made out for them, like the, so they looked all sepia toned, not no dying in like rubbing the tea bag all over it. Wait, so are you essentially saying that your homeschooling your kids right now is what Kirsty has suggested? We we did this, we did this day two. Okay, this was absolutely. I got them to make a map of anything in the world, and then I went over the history of cartographers and uh, talk about. Uh, atlases and all this kind of stuff, and and my eldest was in intrigued for about forty minutes, which I was like, "That's great." My youngest, about five minutes, and then he was out. Nothing, no right. more. So yeah. Once he realised that cartographers wasn't a fancy word for cars, he yeah. was done. <laughs> yeah. And I said, "No, this skill is going to be really handy. One day when you get married, you can write your own wedding invitations. It's going to be good." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next question, me. Everything's getting cancelled, but at least we still have the power of music. The news. This just in. Music has been diagnosed with coronavirus. Hamo. Yes, Hamo. Is that, is that Jillian? No, that's Jude. Another point there for Jude Pearl. Oh. Yeah. I was hard because it wasn't sandwich related, so it was hard to know. <laughs> I know. I was, I was totally throwing. There's no carbs in this tweet. What is happening? It is amazing. Everything's been cancelled. But the one thing that I had to explain most to people in my life, which is what a podcast was, is the one thing that's keep that keeps on going. The library's oh, closed really? down, live performances closed down, like everything, but this is this is still going. We'll still go. Mum understands what this is now. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Maybe you can write a guide to what podcasts are and dip it in tea bags. There we go. <laughs> and send it to people. Scan it in and 
It would come in very handy for all of us, I think. <laughs> all right, question five. I put, I put deep heat on my back and now my knees are jealous. <laughs> yes, Kirsty. Uh, is that Gillian? You are correct. Yes, I put there for Kirsty. Yes, yes. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Acting life, guys. Deep heat, twenty four seven. Oh, <laughs> never underestimate deep heat, right? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's a yeah. miracle. The halls of the Princess Theatre just reek of deep heat. <laughs> the the, the, the spirit of Gillian will be in there forever. Uh, Josh, not just me, it's company-wide. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Josh, you would have used a lot of deep heat back in your basketball days. Basketball and football, I remember deep heat, every time I smell it, it takes me back to when my dad played country football and the change rooms just smelt of that deep heat and also they would have like really weak lemon cordial at the halftime breaks and the oranges being cut up. I remember being a kid going into the huddle, I was like four or five, Drinking some really bad, like lemon or lime cordial, and having an orange slice, and that, and just the smell of deep heat. So every time now, if I use deep heat or that <laughs> physio cream stuff, it just it takes me back to the the good old days at the Bernie Yeoman Football Club. Well, Josh, of... I was going to say, there's a few things you could do with deep heat if you really want to feel something. <laughs> <laughs> Much like jalapenos. Yeah. <laughs> you can call it a jalapenos. <laughs> uh, uh, oh. <laughs> question six. I seem to be disappointing a lot of Americans by not looking Aussie enough. Jill. Yes, Jill. Hammer. You are correct. Here's a point there for Julian. Yes. I'm really fascinated by these tweets because I they feel like they're from somebody else. Uh, am, I, <laughs> am I paying someone? Am I paying? Because <laughs> Jude, you are you were born in Texas. Am I right? Yes, that's correct. Did you live there all through your childhood, or when did you move out? No, to I moved to Melbourne when I was three. Three. So yeah, the remnants of the accent are completely unreasonable that I would even have a little bit of it, but. Just to just to be a little bit douchey, I've kept it. But it would come from your mum and dad, though, wouldn't it? Like uh, they'd say it's, words that you hang on to. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably part of it. It's like the Texas accent is incredibly sticky as well. It's just such a <laughs> such yeah. a like invasive a- accent. But so. do you have family still in the states? Yeah, um, mostly in in like Dallas, Fort Worth, but then in Chicago as well, and. Um, San Francisco, sort of all over. And do they think yeah. you speak really with, with a really strong Australian accent? Yeah, or like British accent because yeah. I think they're still kind of coming to terms with Australia. Like is this, Australia is a country with its own accent. I think they're starting to get that yeah. slowly over there. But, yeah. Is, is, there, is there a word that, you know, that you, you know that you haven't been able to make sound Australian no matter how much you try? Yes, uh, there is at least one of those words, and it's um, uh, auntie. I can say if I work really hard. <laughs> auntie, probably. Yeah, it's, it's like every, if I didn't think, it would just be auntie. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, that's, don't do that unless you want to not have any more friends. Don't yeah. say it like that. That was great for everyone who was listening. Like, <laughs> Drew, literally, Crunched up her eyes. <laughs> it was great. It looks so painful. <laughs> Guys, I don't I know everyone in on this podcast has so many skills and has worked so hard at so many things. 
but I guarantee that none of you have worked as hard as I have to be able to pronounce that word. <laughs> you have no idea how, how hard it's been. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you have that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank, you, thank you. Thanks. All I right. appreciate it. Question seven: Deal or no deal would be a lot more fun if some of the cases turned out to be backgammon. <laughs> Hammo. Yes, Hammo. I'll go Julian this time. You are correct. Yes, what they've had. Yes. Finally. I, don't, I think that would be great. I'm a, do you do you play backgammon? I am very bad at backgammon. I did <laughs> right. a um, comedy festival roadshow tour once where I think Guy Montgomery and Ivan Aristogeta oh. like got really into backgammon, and it right. was the weirdest experience of like. <laughs> You know, like being backstage sometimes, certainly there's been points in my career where I've been like, such a boys club, can't get in here. But I'd be like, such a nerds club. Like, <laughs> I want to be included, but I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Roadshow shifted. Roadshow shifted from, hey, let's go out and drink everything to, yeah. hey, let's stay in and master every board game. And come yeah. yeah, big time. I blame Tommy Dean for that shit. I was going to say, oh, yeah. Tommy Dean. For those who don't know, Tommy Dean is an amazing comedian but also loves a board game and has Loves it. and not just any old ball game not th- not mm-hmm. like your monopoly or your scrabble or whatever he's got board games you've never heard of and yeah he must have one suitcase just full of board games because every night I did roadshow with him for three weeks once and every night there was a different game he just kind of pulled out and went hey anyone want to play there was one I was on with you Ham it was like chuck a poo or something like that you th- uh, that's right yeah throw poo at each other that was the game yeah. oh wow yeah. it was so funny and because he's got that you know that deep seductive voice it's like hey who wants to come and play a board game yeah. and you'd be like well I don't think I want to and then three hours later you were going I just had a really good time yeah <laughs> The best. Between him and Rusty Bertha, you'll you'll never be bored again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, question eight. I miss spending all day dreading going to a party. Jill. Yes, Jill. Kirsty? You are correct. Just put there for Gillian, yes. Yeah. Is this this a recent tweet? Yeah. Yeah, it was just a joke too. I love parties. Yeah, (laughs) that's why I was dubious because I was like, I think that's very on brand for me, but much less for you. (laughs) You're very gregarious. Gillian, I I had exactly the same thing. I thought that was very on brand for me and I was about to say that it might have been someone else and then I thought, this is going to be me again, isn't it? Sorry, I interrupted you, Jude. Oh, no, I was going to say exactly what you, what you and Jill just said. I was like, that sounds like something I would feel but not be able to articulate so well in a tweet, so that's why it's not me. <laughs> Hamo, I feel like you've been doing that thing where you sit on your hand until it goes numb and then you've been tweeting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, thank goodness it's tweeting. Is that, is that a metaphor that I don't know about anymore? <laughs> like I said. I'm too drunk when I tweet. Just want to feel something. Okay. Uh, Anything. <laughs> question nine. Me. One good thing about this pandemic is that everyone is now as sensitive to spreading germs as me. A singer guest at the wedding, swallowing my microphone. Coming out of my cage and I'm doing just fine. Who wrote that? Jill. Yes, Jill. Jude Pearl. You are correct. Yes, another point there for Jill. Yes. Well, we're the only two people singing at a wedding. That's what I thought. <laughs> well, being asked to sing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Bye bye. <laughs> Kirsty and I are free to uh, come and uh, add some dulcet tones to the band if they ever need them. So free. Jude <laughs> told me a very your your last gig before this shutdown was at a at a wedding, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to go into this horrible story? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like the full, the yeah the full traumatic story of like 
this was like the 13th of March. So I was pulling up to a wedding and it's like, as I pulled up, I got the email that comedy festival was canceled. And then I just proceeded to play like most weddings. People are a bit drunk, but like, usually they kind of are able to not fall on stuff most of the time. And this wedding and the second last song, five grown humans just fell onto the guitarist, like into the band and just, and tripped the power. And it was kind of like, it's obviously super dangerous for everybody. And we're sort of trying to get them up. And the guitarist is quite like, um, understandably very upset. And then like sort of finally get them up and the power is not working. And then the groom just kind of looks at us and's like, so you're going to play another song or what? And I'm like, dude, oh. there's no, and then I just had a 10 minute conversation with him and about like a dozen other guests, just trying to explain that you need power to be able to amplify music in the way that um, bands have been playing for the last, I don't know, 60 odd years or however <laughs> long we've, and tr trying to reason with drunk people doesn't really, it, it doesn't go very well, but I still tried. And yeah, and then I left that gig just being like, today was a very bad day. And that was the last, well, that was actually the uh, second last gig I did before everything got canceled. The good news, but, Jude, is yes. their honeymoon got canceled. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. <laughs> or, or they're stuck there. So there's there's silver linings both sides. It's they're on a boat floating out an ocean, yeah. unable oh, to dock oh, anywhere. You can only What's hope. It, I'm, I'm curious, what was everyone's favorite uh, final gig? Mine was uh, hosting at the Comics Lounge, and it was really good. It was Luke McGregor, Sonia Diorio, and myself. It was like yeah, and, great. But my thing was like, oh, we're fine because if Luke McGregor is out of the house. It can't yes. be that bad. Like he's yes. the biggest germaphobe I know. So yeah, and then you suddenly realise he'd been working too hard and hadn't been following the news like he normally does. Yeah, <laughs> but I did do a gig in Switzerland the other day over Zoom, which was kind of fun. Oh yeah, oh, right. Yeah, just did a song over, like yeah, and it was like, all right, this has worked well. That's cool. What about you, Kirsty? What was your far, uh, last gig? Well, I did. I had two very quickly back. This is bad grammar, but they were they were in quick succession back to back. I hosted Class Clowns on the Saturday afternoon, and then I ran across town and hosted Basement with Thorno headlining, Dave Thornton, and um, yeah, it was super. It like the funnily enough, the the Basement was rammed, and it was the best crowd ever. And the reason that it was so rammed was because it was all the punters from Robbie Williams and the Grand Prix that had been cancelled due to COVID. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, what an amalgamation yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Julian? Um, just Old Mate Harry Potter and the Cursed yeah. Child. We did our um, Sunday night show and uh, they told us after the show on stage. And then we had this um, weird thing. So normally we would go out for drinks on Sunday night anyway because that's our Friday. And... Um, one of the guys, the guy, Ben Minge, who plays Shrek, was playing Shrek and Shrek and had organised for the bar at Ridges, the bar that's downstairs, to stay open because almost everyone had got their notice. So it was like all of us from Harry Potter, everybody from Shrek, everybody from Billy Elliot, um, just like a lot of show people, mostly music theatre people, just in this one bar, just, you know. I've never been in a room before where I was like, every person in this room lost their job today. Yeah. <laughs> like Jeez. it was very like 
and it was kind of like just the levels of like I was like I'm just gonna go to like our drinks and I'm not gonna go to Ridges. I'll just yeah. go there for like yeah. one dr- and then of course I got the level of drunk that allows you to find Gin Palace and then yeah. <laughs> which is good because <laughs> now we can't go out I'm thinking back to all those times I went oh no I'll I'll be good and I'll go home early and not drink yeah and yeah now I'm like I should have I should have drunk when I had the chance what, yeah. was, your, what was your gig Hamo? Mine, uh, mine very much fits in with the last lines of uh, T.S. Eliot's The Hollow Men, where it, this is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but with a whimper. I was at the Factory Theatre in Sydney and uh, a group of us performed to five people who were all spread out in separate bits. <laughs> and it, it felt like I was doing a fringe festival back yeah. in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone was into it. Everyone was a bit like, well, this might be the last time we experience yeah. something like this. Yeah. So it was weirdly kind of fun, but everyone was also very much starting to uh, nail the social distancing. All right. And our last question <laughs> for the round, but do I believe in myself, mused the Easter Bunny, knowing that in a matter of hours she returned to just being a regular vermin once more? Kirsty. Yes, Kirsty. Is that, am I? <laughs> no, it was Gillian. It was Gillian Cosby. Ah, there, I almost Kirstie. said Gillian, but she threw me off with like a face. Yeah, she's a proper <laughs> actor. She did call a face. <laughs> <laughs> She's she accompanied about- by a very depressing picture of me in an Easter Bunny outfit. I'm right. <laughs> trying to work out which one of them was more likely to be sending out this plea for help. <laughs> no, I, I definitely internalised. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stress eating on this scene. All right, at the end of that round, the scores are Justin Hamilton on one point, Jude Pearl on two points, Gillian Cosgrove on three points, and also on three points is Kirsty Weebeck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what works? All right, this round is called Sick. Yes, new round, same rules. In this round, we talk about all those times that we've been sick, and today we're talking about a young Kirsty Weebeck who, while home alone, discovered she had been bit by a spider with no car. Kirsty called her sister to come home early from a party. But what happened next that Kirsty and her sister have not forgotten? Was it A, as they were driving, Kirsty did the biggest and worst vomit of her entire life, covering most of the front windshield. It was so much, her sister immediately put on her windscreen wipers and that made Kirsty laugh, which prompted more vomiting. Was it B, Kirsty, while waiting in the waiting room, took off her hoodie when she noticed a massive spider climb out of her hood. Everyone in the waiting room freaked out and the hospital staff ran in thinking something major had happened. It was then that an older nurse just picked up the spider in her bare hands and threw it in the bin, still alive? Or was it C, the triage nurse looked at the spider bite, looked at Kirsty, and said, that's not a spider bite, that's a pimple. Go home. Now one of these is true. You have to ask Kirsty as many questions as you can to try and get the, the correct answer. But bear in mind, she wants you to guess it incorrectly because then she'll get your point. So right. the floor is open for questions. Ask away. Um, Kirsty, Jude speaking. Um, I was wondering, uh, the nurse that saw the pimp, like said, that's not a bite, that's a pimple. Can you describe the nurse? What, how old were they? What, like, what did they sort of look like? What was their demeanour? Okay, so like early 40s, I'd say, although maybe life had just been cruel. And uh, <laughs> <I was> 19. <laughs> and um, if you want to talk about demeanour, absolutely furious because um, 
It was actually, it was a Saturday night and it was quite late at night and I'd been writing an essay for uni and my parents and my older sister were away for the weekend and I was studiously at home and my little sister had gone out to party with her best friend and they were like massive nerds and never went out partying. And so like in a perfect world, they would have been left to their devices to have a good night out and to enjoy their youth, especially knowing what we know now, right? They can't go out right now. (laughs) And so it was really late on a Saturday. So like it was rammed with emergencies. And so the triage nurse was absolutely livid because she didn't want someone with a pimple rocking up, clogging up ED when there were people with real illnesses around. So the only things I can remember was that she was like in her 40s, she was absolutely furious and like probably well within her rights to be. If it was a pimple, (laughs) why did you think it was a spider bite? Yeah. Because um, (laughs) this is probably saying way too much about me. But, um, like, my shoulder and my arm had gone numb suddenly right? while I was writing my essay. So that's a big pimple. pimple. <laughs> yeah, well, where was it? Well, that's the thing. That's I, I assumed that it was a pin, not a pimple, a – what's the other thing? A spider butt. I assumed that because, <laughs> because, like, suddenly there was some sort of movement issue up there. Right. So, and then I felt this thing and I was like, well, it, like I've clearly been mauled by a spider. So, so, so what brought on the, the, the physical issues there? Um, if it was just a pimple? Maybe a, acute hypochondria. Because <laughs> <laughs> you actually hate spiders, don't you, Kirsty? Pardon? You hate spiders, right? Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, I am at the extreme end of arachnophobia. Like so much so that I have to wear my hair as short as I wear it because if my fringe gets too long and brushes on my forehead, like I automatically think it's a spider and just start bashing myself. Oh, <laughs> oh no, I'm... the early 2000s, you would have hated it. Everyone had their fucking yeah, fringes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to imagine a, um, a nurse picking up a spider. Was it in the, in the emergency room? Is that where you said you were? Is that what happened? Yeah. In, B- so yeah. in the waiting area. Which yeah. hospital? Canberra Hospital. All right. Doesn't help me, but good to know. Yeah. Quickly, quickly makes a call to Canberra. Uh, <laughs> uh, what did the spider look like? Large and furious. I don't like to throw this around too often. I don't like to throw it around. And I know that we were in the nation's capital, not in New South Wales. And maybe this is my arachnophobic imagination kicking in as well. But I'd go so far as to say it was funnel web-esque. It must be big when you can uh, apply an emotion to it. (laughs) (laughs) I also love funnel web-esque. It's like almost sounds like when people mispronounce your last name, (laughs) Kirsty. I want to ask about this vomit. Yeah, yeah. What? What? Um, oh, sorry. Go on, Josh. I was just say, so you vomit in your is it your sister's car? She's driving you. It was yes. Yeah, and what? What kind? Like, what was the uh, the the what was going on with the vomit? What kind of vomit was it? Was it was it liquid? Was it was there something chunky to it? <laughs> Very luckily, very luckily, it was liquid. 
I'd eaten dinner a long time earlier because it was late at night, right? I'd eaten dinner a good several hours earlier. So it was very liquidy. It was very water-based. But once it started coming, it did not stop coming. And just projectile onto the inside of the front window. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it was more that like I was in a state of shock about the fact I was vomiting in my sister's car while sober and um, (laughs) (laughs) and so I think it was more that I was like ah and like a bit hysterical about it and like there would have been a bit of head tilting going on and like I definitely there would have been theatrics involved 100% and I think that's probably what made it happen but yes and absolutely like once it started coming I found my sister's outrage about the situation very funny even though I shouldn't have because she was doing me a massive favour. And that's, yeah, where it sort of escalated from there. And, and what was what was the fallout from the uh, the whole vomiting experience uh, after you get out of uh, your sister's car? What, where did it go from there? Uh, it went to me having to clean the car the following day. We negotiated that I could do it the following day. Oh. Did you still go to the hospital after you vomited? No. Just turn okay. around and drove back. <laughs> yeah. After an argument on the side of the road. Also, the visual for me of this happening in Canberra with that many roundabouts is really spreading the body. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they ended up at home. It was an yeah. accident. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think the roundabouts are what caused the vomiting episode. Okay. Oh, yeah, well, that yeah. does check out. That tracks. So, so what set off the vomiting then? If, if you didn't end up going to the hospital, what was it? Was it still a spider bite? We have no idea. We have no idea. I mean, the fact was that my stomach was empty. (laughs) I I simply ran out of anything to vomit up and that's what stopped it. Yeah. What do people think they're going to lock in? I'm I'm feeling pretty confident that it's B or C. Okay. But but I I reckon I'm going to go with B. B. The nurse picked up the spider in her bare hands to Jude. Uh, Gillian, what do you think? I want it to be true, so I'm going to go with A. You're going to go A, vomited uh, in the front yeah. seat. And uh, yep. Hamo? I desperately want it to be true as well, but just for the sake of fun, uh, I'll, I'll go C. You'll go C? The yep. correct answer is C. So a, a oh. point there for Hamo and two points for Kirsty. It was just a pimple. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had a friend in high school who uh, you will appreciate this, Kirsty, who who found uh, something on his penis and went to a doctor to get it checked out because he thought it might be a venereal disease. Not only did that turn out to be a pimple, but what I love about that story the most is he'd never had sex. <laughs> <laughs> what an opportune time for me to take a sip of my tea. <laughs> Just perfect. Oh. At the end of the round, the scores are Justin Hamilton on two points, Jude Pearl on two points, Gillian Cosgriff on three points, but now way out in front on five points. It's Kirsty Weebeck. Yeah. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Right, this round is called Yeah, Nah, Yeah. In this round, each of you are given a fact about another person on the panel. If you think it's true, you say yeah. If you think it's a lie, you say nah. Point if you get correctly. Point to the person the fact may or may not be about if you're incorrect. So to Kirsty, Gillian once worked in a kebab shop called Madonna, where all the menu items were homages to Madonna songs but were not puns. This drove Gillian crazy. For example, the lamb salaki was just called The Papa Don't Preach and the chicken one was called A Lucky Star. 
It drove Gillian so crazy, it was a big reason as to why she quit. Yeah or nah? What, like, can you give an example of what you would have preferred? <laughs> I didn't spend most of my time at this job thinking of puns. And to be honest, I didn't have very good ones. The best I had was like, Papa don't beef. But he was like, but the lamb is called Papa Don't Preach. <laughs> Change it. Um, I was even thinking when you, like, you could be my clucky star because chickens cluck. Like, yeah, and I thought the lamb could be called bad girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it also meant I spent a lot of this portion of my life listening to obscure Madonna songs just to find a link. It was very bad. Don't cry oh, for me, ah, falafel. That would be. <laughs> also not great. No. But- it just don't cry for me. <laughs> half a laugh or it's yeah. like it's like halfway through the pun you just gave up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but at least at least that was like trying to incorporate ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like that's what's. It's like they got they went as far as to name the shop my Donna, but like, but then they yeah, just were like, yeah, further. that's enough. Yeah. The one ex- yeah. the one exception was that you could get a take home pack of falafels, which was frozen, but that was. Purely, that oh. was not the Madonna song Frozen. They were just Frozen. <laughs> that was an accident. It was the only thing that I was like, that kind of just counts. Right. <laughs> it's not great. Like a gherkin? Yeah. <laughs> Where were you? Where were you? I don't know. I actually have no idea. <laughs> and so the assertion is that it was the main reason that you left the job. It's. I mean, it was like a 50%. It was like... I did not. I did not mean to work in a kebab shop. Right, so it wasn't a vocation. It, no, it really wasn't. <laughs> and what, I don't think this will help at all. But I'm always terrible at this round. Mm. Um, what did you move on to do? I this was in my year after high school, so I was 17, and I had a gap year where instead of going to Europe, I just worked a series of shitty jobs through the food courts of Greater Brisbane area. Oh, just going through the, uh, um, the world through food, just going. Yeah, oh, so I also like and... when I worked at McDonald's, I also worked <laughs> at like um, I worked at Crazy Clark's that summer. Then after that, I worked at Wendy's. Then after that, I wor- this is good. I worked at um, a juice bar, which was which successfully incorporated the pun situation. It was a Greek and Roman themed juice bar called Julius Squeezer. <laughs> <laughs> and they did a much better job, I will say. And also, they wow. were like much nicer to work for than the horrible guy. Nick did they look at your resume and go, "Oh, well, you've worked for a pun before"? Yeah, you've got so, uh... <laughs> yeah. pretty much. What do you think, Webeck? Um, yes. Um, I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah. You are incorrect. It was a lie. Point there for Gillian. Yeah. I wanted to say nah. Why yeah. <laughs> Julia Squeezer was real though. That was real. And you also <laughs> did work in a kebab shop. Yeah. I thought it was a cake shop because it was called Torts. But it turned out to stand for tortillas. It was <laughs> not good. You were wrong. Yeah, truly. It was horrid. All right. So to Gillian now. When Jude was 13, she went to watch Avril Lavigne in concert. Jude only lasted two songs, though, because some girls behind her were laughing at her pants. To make matters worse, Jude didn't know how to get home, so just waited sadly in the toilets until the end of the gig so she could get a lift home with her friends. Yeah or nah? 
What's your favorite Avril Lavigne song? Um, well, I'm like really not a big Avril Lavigne fan and I, I just moved schools. So it was year seven and everyone was going to this concert. So I was like, I'll just go because that will be a nice way for me to, you know, make friends. So that backfired obviously when I didn't stay for the concert. But um, yeah, so I, I, I mean, now I can appreciate the, the interesting harmonic structure of skater boy but um lyrically not not a big not a big fan I feel like it's a little bit shallow in terms of the characters how they're structured in that song I kind of feel like you know it's a little one-dimensional for me I prefer a a bit more depth but um, he he was a punk and she did ballet yeah. Yeah. What more yeah. can what I say? It's like, well, you could say a lot yeah. more. Actually, <laughs> like, what were their names? <laughs> <laughs> so, so much more without even really digging that deep. What, yes. What, yeah. what were, who were you into, Jude, at that uh, time? So when I was in year seven, I was just starting to really get into soul music. Yeah. Um, right. Like. Marv, Marvin Gaye and Stevie Wonder, which obviously made me super cool at yeah. school. Okay. Uh, All right. I would like to know what the pants in question are. <laughs> so they're very much like um, in sort of, have you seen Clueless? Yes, of course. So, yeah, I mean, I just didn't want to assume, but I assumed. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's very similar to something that a character in Clueless would wear. Like they were sort of golf-like pants, mm-hmm. but they were way too tight. Like they, they were my sisters and she's um, smaller than me, so I was like, barely fitting into them and they were kind of like green and white square sort of like tiny plaid shapes so mm-hmm. but yeah so that kind of um mid 90s and these style. girls were just laughing at the existence of the pants the <laughs> presence of the pants well to look it could be that they were laughing at something else but they were pointing at me and they were right behind me. So it was very hard to misinterpret where they were pointing. And they were just kind of like, they would like point at me and then point at their own pants. And because, because my pants were so very different to everybody else's pants, I just kind of assumed that they were laughing at my pants. And, and, and chanting shit pants, shit pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Avril started like joining in and then I was like, all right, that's, that's it. Were you at the very least wearing a requisite necktie with a tank top? <laughs> um, I I don't believe I was, unfortunately, but I was, um, oh, I can't actually cool. remember what I was wearing on the top. What was okay. that? Well, that's what they were laughing at. <laughs> yeah, yeah laughing you failed to observe the dress code. <laughs> <laughs> um, having experienced the ludicrous taunting of teenage girls myself, I'm going to say, yeah. You are correct. That is a I'm true so sorry, story, dude. yes. <laughs> Oh, no, I was really hoping that was a nah. Me too. I, I was. Ne- I would never write something that mean for someone to to guess. So yeah, right. But I re- I remember like being a teenager and having like just existing was so fucking hard. Like I remember yeah. a girlfriend of mine dumped me once because on casual clothes day I wore like it was a flannel top that had a hood on it, and she was like, "Nah, that's daggy. You're dumb." I was like, nah. "What are you talking about? This that's- is." This is no, 94, like flannel, like that's what Kirk Cobain was wearing. Like what are you, what's wrong with this? Yeah. Man, I, I remember playing, when I played uh, basketball, we were in uh, in a big final and I was a little bit nervous before the game. It was probably the biggest 
final I'd played at this stage at the age of 14 or something. And so to kind of calm myself before the game, I was just read, I was just reading from a book, a Stephen King book of all things. And then I found out uh, much later that uh, all my teammates were pretty much convinced I was gay because oh. I was reading <laughs> back Only in the day. Oh, yeah. Look at him. He must be homosexual. He likes words in books. I have never known a straight bloke to read a book. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's some truth to it. <laughs> I'll do anything to fit in. Uh, as a straight guy who worked in a library, you're right, Kirsty. I've never, yeah. I've never read one. Like I just put them back on the shelf. I yeah. take them away from people and put them back. Sanitizes but, his hands. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So point there for Jillian. Now to Jude. One year at the big day out, Justin was standing front row for the band Nine Inch Nails. He was on his own as he had lost his friend earlier that day. At one point, Trez Reznor jumped into the crowd and Hamo was there and Trent Reznor handed Hamo the microphone to sing the next line. Hamo, using this as an opportunity, decided that instead of singing, he would just yell out his friend's name, hoping the friend would come at the front and find him. Yeah or nah? <laughs> Um, what, what year was this? Sorry, uh, Hannah? This was uh, the year 2000. So it was a 2000 big day out and uh, it was uh, Foo Fighters and then uh, the Foo Fighters finished and then it was uh, Nine Inch Nails and then I think it was uh, it was definitely uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers after okay. that. Okay. Yeah. And, and the Chemical Brothers were in the boiler room because I was there too. Yes, yeah. that's right, yeah. Yeah, Jude, I was also at that big day out, so if you want to pay me a tenner, I'll let you know if it's true or not. Can you um, – thanks, Weebeck, I appreciate that because I definitely need all the help I can get with this round as well. Um, can you just talk me through, like, exactly what happened, like how – it, you went from being in the crowd to being on on stage. Oh yeah, no, no, no. So what? So what happened was uh, I went with my friend uh, who was a guy called Brett Wheeler. He is six foot ten. He used to play basketball for uh, uh, in the NBL, and uh, I went over to the Nine Inch Nails uh, side to watch, and and Brett disappeared. And then what happened was I was up against the barrier, and Resner actually got down in between the stage and the barrier, and he actually threw the microphone into the crowd, and it hit me in the face, and I called. It. And as I called it, all these people leapt on my back and I just called out Wheeler through the microphone. <laughs> and then the microphone got zipped out of my hands and I was so full of adrenaline. I remember there was this little girl who was right up against the barrier who was kind of getting a bit crushed and a bit panicked. And I went full Rutger Hauer and Blade Runner. I just picked her up by one arm and went, lifted her to safety. And then Resnick got back down a little bit later and he was standing right in front of me and I was so full of adrenaline and I didn't know what to do. And I just leant out and nuzzled his hair and he turned around and he pointed to me and pointed at my nose and I had a blood nose from where I'd caught the microphone. So later on I found Wheeler and I said, did you hear me call out to you during the concert? And he said no, but the next day when he was at basketball training, his teammates who weren't into Nine Inch Nails were waiting for the Chili Peppers to start, had to say to him, did you hear your name called out at the big day <laughs> out? But that's the full story. Wow. Um, look, I'm just going to... I'm just going to go ahead and guess that, yes, this happened. You are correct. That is a true story. A point there for Jude Pearl, yeah. yeah. Whoa. Very exciting yeah, to that think that I, good story. I, I ruffled, <laughs> ruffled the hair of someone who won an Oscar. Yeah. Who also nearly <laughs> broke my nose. <laughs> what did Trent Reznor win an Oscar for? Uh, the Social Network. Oh, I did not know oh, this. Yeah, him and Atticus Ross, yeah. He played Mark Zuckerberg. He's very good. So transformative. He played Jesse Eisenberg playing Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Yeah. 
Slightly more aggressive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, to Hamo. In high school, Kirsty was in a play where she she only had a walk-on role as a servant. She had to pour a glass of water and then leave. And even though that was it, she was super nervous and her arm couldn't stop trembling. As she poured the water, it went all over the floor and Kirsty got the giggles. So did the audience. And afterwards, the drama teacher made Kirsty write an apology to the two girls in the scene for upstaging them. Yeah or nah? Oh, man, there's, there's a lot of physical stuff going on with you, Kirsty, isn't there? <laughs> it's my brand. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so what was the uh, what was the play? It was well, it was an adaptation, a very good adaptation of the Crucible. Oh, Goody Proctor! I spy a puppet, right. Goody Proctor. <laughs> right. Well, sorry. What do you, what do you mean, like a loose adaptation? Like it? it well, was... I, I, well, as I as I say that, I think it was meant to just be the Crucible. Oh right. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think we just didn't do it well. <laughs> it in that case, I have a... been in many loose adaptations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the drama teacher wrote a rap at the end for it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> My festival show this year was going to be a loose adaptation of a comedy hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I have definitely done that show as well. Uh, so, so why did you only have a, a walk-on role? Why didn't you have something more substantial? Oh, look, I'd say it probably has a lot to do with how I performed in the audition process. <laughs> so, so, wait a second. So you, so you auditioned, it didn't go well, but they thought, let her pour some water. <laughs> look, I had a few other walk-ins on scenes a little bit later on, but, like, I was notorious in the high school drama for, like, being the tree. You know, right. like, <laughs> like I was just that one who, like, my enthusiasm <laughs> dramatically outweighed my talent. Right. And so I'd start at the top and I'd, like, audition for the lead roles and they'd be like, well. <laughs> and then and then it would slowly, like, go down until I was walking on and pouring some water or attempting to. And, like, to be fair, um, they probably hit the nail on the head because I couldn't even pour water, could I? <laughs> oh, man. That is, that is such a funny visual of going for the top. It's like I, I auditioned for Willie Loman, but now I'm just a piece of fruit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the teacher's letting me be this fruit basket instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kirstie, that is so funny. I, 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 I want to believe this. I'm going to go, yeah. You are incorrect. Unfortunately, oh, it is not it. true. A point there oh. for Kirsty. Yeah. It's such oh, a that's... funny visual of you upstaging. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah so, I... it's so close to the truth. It's so close. <laughs> um, I I can't actually explain how how disappointed I am that that's not true. <laughs> that was hearing that has just made my week. Just imagining, <laughs> like. Especially like I'm imagining it was during the the last scene when like everyone's on stage in the crucible, like and there's all the girls are like pretending that, you know, witches are taking over them and it's really full on and dramatic and you just walk on (laughs) with some water for no reason. Like there's no reason for the story to develop that you're there. But anyway, I I'm going to just pretend that it's true if that's okay right, with cool. everyone. I can edit that out. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, at the end of the round, the scores are Justin on two points, Jude on three points, Gillian on five points, and in the lead still on six points, it's Kirsty Weebeck. Yeah. Oof. Yes. All right, this round, our final round, is called Who Who 
Hoo hoo. In this round, I'll read out 10 questions all about you four. If you think you know who it is, buzz in. Your names are your buzzers. If you get it right, you get a point. If you get it wrong, you lose a point. Only round you can lose points. Here we go. Names are buzzers. Let's go. Question one. Who, according to Twitter, believes Pindic needs to come back as a put down? Hamo. Yes, Hamo. Uh, Kirsty. No, it was you, Hamo. You. <laughs> 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 I don't know me at all. In, in 2011, you were like, Pindic should come back as a come, as a as a put down. Well, I'd like to say I've grown yeah. since then. <laughs> it's very good though. Pindic was Pindic my childhood. I remember yeah. hearing Pindic a lot. Yeah, that dobbers wear nappies. <laughs> I've never heard that one before. Dobbers wear nappies. Dobbers wear nappies. Yeah, yeah right. Dibber Dobbers wear nappies. Yeah. Right. Wow. Question two. Who here recently recently did a Mighty Ducks quiz and got 34 out of 35? Jill. Kirsty. I heard Kirsty first. Jude. Yes, you are correct. Point there for Kirsty. Yes. You're a Mighty Congrats, Ducks fan. Jude. Kirstie. That's huge. I mean, I, I like I do so many Mighty Ducks quizzes, I don't even really remember any, anymore. I, yeah, so. It's so on brand for you. Like, I didn't <laughs> see that on your socials, but I was just like, yeah, that is definitely a Jude Pillman. Something. <laughs> I watched it with my kid recently. Wild, wild plot to a film. A guy crashes, yeah, pretty his, crazy. crashes his car drink driving. His, his punishment is go work with children. Like, that oh, is yeah. not. <laughs> I forgot so, that part of it. Yeah, that's I how just, they set it up. I just want to just this is actually Mighty Ducks 2, um, uh, and you can edit this out because it's not relevant to anything, but I just the little issue that I have with Mighty Ducks 2 is that they're in the Olympics and they're the only team that is mixed like boys and girls on the team. <laughs> And I'm like, at the Olympics, I would have thought, I mean, not that I think it would be great if all the teams were, you know, it's like, what is gender anyway? But I just feel like it confused me. I was like, there, I thought, anyway, that was just something. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Is there female hockey at the Olympics? Um, I don't know anything about sport, so I'm the wrong person Because I think the the only sport I know of where it is mixed is shooting. Oh, that was the only yeah, right. one. They were like, "There's no, there's no gender advantage of being one gender or the other." Right. Equal opportunity carnage. Yeah. Or, or I should say, <laughs> right. others. Sorry. Okay. Uh, uh, Jude, did, uh, isn't there a series of Mighty Ducks that they've just made where they've kind of flipped it, where the Mighty Ducks are like they've kind of missed the point and made them the team to beat? Oh, I'm not. Is this like a recent thing? I think so. I think we found what questions you got wrong. Uh, because <laughs> <laughs> I see they've, they've, that's, that's they've, they've remade Party of Five. I don't know if anyone's I seen just that. Saw, yeah, yeah, I saw that this week. And it looks exactly the same. Like almost shot for shot, it looks very similar. <laughs> no Scott Wolf. No yeah, Scott Wolf. Devo. Or what uh, was that? Was other? a jawline. No Nev Campbell. What was the other guy? It was a jawline. Wasn't the other guys who it was Matthew Fox? Matthew. There, that's right. Fox and a wolf. That's right. Yeah, Fox yeah. and a wolf. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Nev Campbell. Oh. What an awakening that was. <laughs> All right. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember her in the craft? Did, oh, my yeah. God. Oh, yeah. So confusing, so terrifying and sexy. A yeah, lot I, of feelings. Oh, I, I feel like you. that's very accurate. It's just let's talk about something else. I don't want to think about that movie anymore. <laughs> All right, let's talk up. about so uh, the movie Wild Things. Remember her in that? No? Uh, was, yeah. Another We're big awakening. Break. <laughs> so many awakenings. Yeah. Except for the movie Awakenings, yeah. how ironic. 
All right, question three. Who was framed in primary school for having said the word bum, but to this day they swear they did not say bum? Jill. Yes, Jill. Kirsty. You are correct. Yes, a point there for Gillian, yeah. (laughs) And I believe you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This this boy in my class called me a beetle bum because the the soccer ball came rolling near me and I kicked it back to them, but, like, he he thought that I was going to, like, take it or something. And so he was like, oh, give it back, you beetle bum. And I went up to him and whispered in his ear, I'm telling on you for calling me a beetle. And then I went to the teacher and dobbed on him, right, because I was hypervigilant at six years of age. And he marched up with me and he was like, well, she said, she said bum as well because she said, I'm telling on you for calling me a beetle bum. And I was like, no, I didn't. I said, hmm. Anyway, the teacher didn't believe me and we both got detention. And he didn't turn up. He had the day off. And then when he came back, he said that he had cancer and that it was a false alarm. Ah, that guy. Whoa. He was six and he was saying that he had 24-hour cancer. What? If you're going to get a cancer, that's the best one. Oh, yeah. Speaking of trauma, who here was run over by a car at age one? Kirsty. Yes, Kirsty. Hamo. No, it was Gillian. A point off, Kirsty. Yeah. Oh, well, if any con- why Hamo can't remember his tweets? <laughs> if, it's, if, it's, if it's any consolation, that's why I didn't answer. I was like, was I? I have no idea. <laughs> he can't yeah, drive. My auntie he ran no me over. Your auntie ran me over? Yeah, and nobody told me till I was about 24. I was staying with her and then she was like, oh, you're like, when I ran you over, and I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and apparently I was just sitting in the driveway because 1988, treat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> right. And she got in the car to back out. She thought I was with my mum. And then I must have started crying. I think it probably just hit me and then I fell down. Wow. Oh my God. There you Whoa. go. It's crazy. Imagine low-key dropping it into conversation, like when I ran you over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think she thought I knew. And then I've yeah. used it ever since where I'm like, you know, I mean, not that I'm asking my auntie for that many things at 25, but because she lives in Adelaide, I'd always try and stay with her during Fringe. And I'd be like, can I stay with you? Because, you know. You know. You are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blessed, I'm here to ask at all. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, next question. Speaking of families, whose dad is a shopping centre Santa Claus? Jude. Yes, Jude. Kirsty. No, it's Gillian. <sighs> Point off, Jude. Nah. Guys, yeah. everyone knows my dad. <laughs> yeah, that's now that you say that, it's like I really should have known that it would have been Jill's dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you just bugged before me because I was like, of course it's Damien. <laughs> <laughs> One year he was Santa at um, the Peninsula in this small shopping centre and he was the Kmart Santa because the, sh- the centre had its own Santa, which was usually down the other end. So he used to be allowed to be Santa out the front of the Kmart, but they moved the centre Santa to the front of the Kmart. And so he had to be Santa just in the back corner where the toys were and just like oh. walk up these two aisles all day. <laughs> what? Which was also weird if you're a kid because you could see Santa at the front and then go in the shop and he was just there. <laughs> Doing his shopping. Very weird. Did, did you have Real to have rivalry. Your... Did you have to have your photo taken with your dad as Santa or did you have your photo taken with another Santa? Oh, my dad only started being a Santa in my late 20s. So, oh, okay, right. Um, unfortunately, I've never, I mean, that I know of. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? He's very and, good. <laughs> Dan, did you, when you were in your late 20s, you already knew that Santa wasn't 
real. Sorry, I'm Jewish, so I don't know how all this stuff works. Yes, you did. Despite having a head injury at age one, I did. (laughs) (laughs) You really nailed that well, didn't you? Thank you so much. (laughs) Question six. Who here once watched the entirety of Phantom Menace in slow motion? Jill. Uh, Yes, Jill. Hammo? No, that was Jude Pearl. Jude did that. (laughs) Where's the the friend? I didn't just do it by myself. <laughs> oh, because oh. that would be weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> why, why in slow motion? Was it? Um, I wish I had a good reason, but um, I was just really obsessed with Star Wars, and not even like I loved the the original trilogy, but I was also obsessed with the prequels, which everyone hates, but I still liked them when I was ten or eleven. And yeah, it was my twelfth birthday, and as my birthday present, my, I made my best friend watch. Phantom Menace with me in slow motion and she did it and we're and she's still kind of my friend which I think is a huge testament to her yeah, that's was, a good best friend. was there yeah. audio as well or was it just no no nah, just slow motion yeah right. and we would we kind of would talk for the characters and make them say funny oh. stuff sometimes but sometimes I'm like let's just enjoy the silence of this lightsaber fight very slowly and yeah I'm not proud of it um <laughs> Well, well, thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah. I, now I'm regretting sharing it, but that's a, that, that's all right. It's good to get right. the stuff out there. Question seven. Who once went to a Barry Manilow concert with their mum and have never been complimented so much on how nice they were dressed? Kirsty. Yes, Kirsty. Gillian. No, it was Hamo. Point, oh, it was Kirstie. me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mum, uh, I have to point out that... Uh, uh, like my mum has some really hardcore taste in music, like the Deftones and Nine Inch Nails and, uh, you know, uh, Pearl Jam, stuff like that. Uh, but we also have just this weird love of Barry Manilow and we really enjoy, uh, I think they're, without irony, I think they're well-crafted pop songs, but there's also something very entertaining about him. And so what I did was I, I parted my hair on the side and I wore a shirt done up with a, with a jumper and so, and went as conservatively as I possibly could, and my mum went very conservatively, and uh, and all the old ladies around us just kept, oh, isn't it nice to see them there? I think my mum was stoned as well, so <laughs> we were having a very good time. <laughs> so much fun, just you and your mum cosplaying as young liberals. It's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say as mother and son, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next question. Who once bonded with Jack Black over their love of velour? Jude. Yes, Jude. Hammer? You are correct. Yes, a point there for Jude. Jude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had the opportunity when I was working uh, back at uh, Triple J, uh, Tenacious D, first, uh, their first tour, and we got to go and see them. And then afterwards was uh, pretty pretty drunk and was hanging out with him, and he'd, he'd worn this beautiful velour suit on, uh, uh, sorry, tracksuit on Letterman, and I brought it up. I said, man, I really dug that suit. And it was like, he was so genuinely Jack Black. He was like, oh, you like that tracksuit? Thanks, man. And then he started really going into where he bought it and how much it cost. And we bonded over it. That's, and that's so cool that, like, to get to to talk to him about anything, but of all things, like, velour tracksuit. I, I think know. that's like, <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I feel like... We- when I brought it up, I think he was just like, oh, yeah, let's talk about this. <laughs> my um, my boyfriend used to be on the radio years ago and once he and his um, on-air partner Dan interviewed Jamiroquai in which they asked him 
do you ever regret making hats your thing? And Jamiroquai just went, every day. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. I hear little stories like that and I instantly like that person's music 15% more. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Self-awareness is such a valuable thing. Because the members of KISS after like 20 years must be going, fucking hell, why did we do this every night? They're poor paws. Yeah. Yeah. All right, question nine. Who was who was once interviewed for an article about young people making waves in the industry? And at the end, when the interviewer asked for their age, they said 34, and they could tell the interviewer was very disappointed. Jill. <laughs> yes, I uh, heard Jude first, yes? Kirsty. Yes, you are correct. Yes, point there for Jude, yes. <laughs> oh, that is so what? funny. <laughs> what, 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 like, what it? They had to publish it like this. And so they had this like big headline about all these young people and everybody and it was like 19 to 22 and then they just tapped me on the end and they were like, Kirsty Weebeck, comedian, 34. <laughs> <laughs> well, comedians are as old as that, uh, how long they've been performing. So right. how long have you been performing at that point? Yeah, Kirsty yeah. Weebeck, four years old. Four years old. <laughs> <laughs> And our last question for the game, who once cooked scrambled eggs in their hair? Jude. Yes, Jude. I just want to say Gillian. You are correct. It is Gillian, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, I may, I'm a very big fan of a DIY um, beauty sitch and I decided to do this DIY hair mask that was like olive oil, eggs, um, maybe like coconut oil and some honey and I like whipped it up and I like slathered it in and then I was like, do you know what? I'm going to double treat myself. I'm going to have a long, hot bath. <laughs> have a very, very hot bath. Right. And I sat in the bath for ages. I think I must have put like a plastic shower cap over it or glide wrap or something and then forgot that I was meant to meet friends of mine at the pub. And so I had to be like, fuck, I was getting all these messages and I like got out and I went to rinse it out and there were just these chunks and the heat from the bath had cooked the egg. And so then I was like, I was running late and I was like, no one will notice. And I like got to the pub and I'd pull my hair back. And then we were like, so it was a pub quiz halfway through. Someone being like, you've got a little, you've got a, you've got a lot of, and I was like, it is, these are eggs. I've yeah. eggs in my own hair. Yeah. I didn't have time to rinse it because the quiz was very important to me. Yeah. But I love the- that. Oh, sorry, you go ahead. No, go on. I was just going to say, it's like the cap. You're like, I'll put a cap on it to be sensible, but it sounds like the cap just insulated it, the yeah, cap. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The cap sped up the whole process. Yeah. On the plus plus side, you smell delicious, right? Yeah, oh, I smell great. My hair came out great. Do you know what? If Heston Blumenthal had the locks for it, I'm sure he would have also tried. Yeah. You can um, enjoy brunch and also save for a house. Yeah. (laughs) You've got to think outside the square. You've got to combine those things. At the end. Avocado is very good as a face mask, just quietly. (laughs) At the end of our game, the scores are Justin Hamilton on one point. Give up for Hamo, yeah. Kirsty Wiebeck on five points. Gillian Cosgriff on five points. And also on five points is Jude Pearl. It's a three-way tie. Yeah. What? That's it. We don't do a tiebreaker. There's no tiebreak question. You just all get to win apart from you, Hamo. I'm sorry. Sorry. I just uh, I just got really uh, gun shy because I could not remember anything I've ever written on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for playing, uh, Jude. If you, where can people find you in this time of uh, lockdown? Where whereabouts are you? 
Um, I'm just on all of the socials. It's just Jude Pearl, Pearl without the A. Uh, if you, you can check out my music on Bandcamp, um, if you want to download some stuff or just listen to it on Spotify, YouTube, all, all those, all those places. Yep. Yeah. Very, very great. Uh, Gillian, where can people see you? Um, I am at Gillian Cosgriff on everything and my music is also on Bandcamp. Otherwise, I'm just in my house. It's Unit 103. <laughs> that, that's, that's not like... <laughs> um, come round. I've got a balcony. We've been lowering treats off the edge. It's very cool. I know my listeners are very nice, but some of them I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So, <laughs> Kirsty Wiebeck, where can people find you? I'm on all the socials as well at Kirsty Wiebeck. Um, yeah, that, that covers it. And, uh, you got and a, pa- a Patreon. You've got, You've got, a, got Patreon. a Patreon. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've got a Patreon as well, which has, like, full videos with um, video interviews with people on it and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's the same. It's patreon.com um, forward slash Kirsty Webeck. Awesome. And Cameo. I'm also on Cameo. I can make little videos for people on Cameo. Great. Kirsty Webeck. Justin <laughs> Hamilton, where can people find you? Uh, people can find my stuff at uh, justinhamilton.com.au and I'm about to launch uh, the second season of the Big Squid podcast where I'm going to break down and celebrate all the songs from David Bowie's last album, Black Star. Oh, brilliant. Ooh, yeah. great. Wait. Hey, if you're listening to this the uh, week it comes out, I am doing one more live stream show uh, which is only available for 24 hours and then it disappears forever. And this week it is uh, the three people from Do Go On, so Jess Perkins, Matt Stewart, Dave Warnicky, and Geraldine Hickey. So make sure you go to joshearl.com.au for tickets. They're 10 bucks. It was so much fun last week. So this week it will be even better. There you go. I'll say that out the front. Also, uh, Patreon for me as well. And hopefully I'll see you around. Thanks for playing, everyone. And see you next time. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. (laughs) We used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.